Welcome to the official podcast of the Love Times 2 Project. Change the culture and the politics will follow. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 Podcast. Glad you're with us today. We have a very special guest who's going to be on today and talk about a topic that we've never addressed in four years on this podcast, but it's something that we all need to know more about. We need to get our heads around. I think you're going to find this extremely informative. Um, Our special guest is Mark Mellinger. So Mark, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mike. It's really good to hear your voice again and and be on with you. We've known each other a long time and always a pleasure, my friend. Today, we're going to talk about embryo adoption. Before we get there, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about this uh, work that you are engaged in right now. Yeah, I love it. It is really uh, life-affirming work, and we view it as caring for God's tiniest image bearers. If you believe life begins at conception, um, then it, it doesn't get any more pro-life than the work we do. So I'm, exactly. I'm excited to talk about it. You know, um, I, I am a Hoosier. Uh, I'm working for an organization called the National Embryo Donation Center, NEDC for short. Uh, we are in Knoxville, Tennessee. So that's my home base now, has been for uh, just over seven years. Um, and you can find out more about us by going to embryodonation.org. Again, that's embryodonation.org. Uh, but my, my history before I became marketing and development director here was was in broadcasting. Um, my primary work had always been in a local TV news in the Fort Wayne area. I also uh, did, did radio uh, on the side there. I, I did a pro-life uh, broadcast with the director of Allen County Right to Life. I did another radio show on, on which you were a guest several times, Mike, and that was great. So it had always been very very pro-life. My wife, my kids, uh, myself had been a, a big passion of our family. And we felt a call, um, you know, a few years ago to, to get out of, of the news business. And we felt like God was calling us to something else. We'd always been very, very pro-life. And uh, we weren't sure just what that ministry was going to be. But then this job opening with the NEDC came up and, uh, Dana and I, my wife, we didn't really even know what it was at first. We really had to look at it to see if it was the type of thing we would agree with. And as we as we did start to check it out, we realized, gee, this is not only something that we can support, but something we can become very passionate about. Uh, we we realized it's really the corner of both the pro life and pro adoption movements that uh, that the church is just finding out about. So. To come aboard the NEDC and be a part of this work of caring for God's tiniest image bearers, you know, it just doesn't get any more vulnerable, I guess, than, than a frozen embryo. That's one way to say it. It's just, a, it's, it's an amazing honor and the work in the uh, better part of a decade now that I've been doing it has been every bit as satisfying and rewarding as as we had hoped. So it's our own little corner right now uh, of, of the pro-life movement, but we're happy to be here. Well, that's awesome. And I love that connection that we have, both being Hoosiers at the same time. Uh, you're full-time in Knoxville. My wife and I sometimes think that the, the Smoky region is kind of our home away from home, one of our favorite <laughs> places to be. So you're in a, a beautiful part of the country. Even before we started this, you and I were chatting that on the day we're recording this, this is the day before all abortions end in the state of Tennessee. Is that right? 
That's right. Yes. Uh, so we're recording on, I believe it's the 24th um, of August. And August 25 is when the, the so-called trigger law takes effect here in Tennessee. So, right, uh, all abortion clinics will be shut down. There will be no more abortion in this state. And that's not actually been very controversial here, which has been nice to hear. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, our, our governor has been solidly behind it. So has our legislature. The protests against it have really been minimal. So, yeah, it's it's a blessing to, to be here. I know there's there was more acrimony up back home in uh, in Indiana, and I'm sorry to hear that. But I, I love, as you and I were talking before we went on, um, I love the strides that have happened in Indiana as well, and, uh, and hope that m- maybe the Hoosier State will get all the way to where the volunteer state is is going to be in just a few hours. Well, you know, one of the things that um, really prompted me to contact you and follow up on this interview is that in the aftermath of the entire Roe versus Wade being overturned and so forth, and as a lot of folks are looking at, um, you know, how this impacts a lot of different worlds, I've actually had the discussion come up quite a bit about uh, you know, embryos and embryo adoption and so forth. So for someone who is tuning into this podcast and they've never even heard, uh, I mean, this is kind of blowing their mind right now. They're saying embryo adoption. How, how does that even happen? What is the 50,000-foot uh, overview of, uh, how would you explain it just, I guess, in the in the simplest terms. So if somebody says, what on earth are you talking about, Mark? What is embryo adoption? How do you respond to that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to think of how I came to an understanding of it when I was learning about it a few uh, a few years ago. I guess I had actually heard of it before then, but it was the first time I'd ever really zoomed in on it and and really thought deeply about, about what it was. So, Embryo adoption, uh, not only is it caring for God's tiniest image bearers, but it's <laughs> it's really the only way a woman can become pregnant with her adopted child. That would be just a really quick uh, and crude way to think of it. Let me take a step back and explain why it's necessary. Um, in vitro fertilization has given us this situation where usually the practice of IVF is not done in in an ethical way, in a way that's consistent with life. Most fertility clinics, unfortunately, will work to create as many embryos. And an an embryo, by the way, sometimes people confuse embryo and egg. Embryo is when the sperm and the egg have met. So conception and fertilization have happened. So that's a life. It's not just tissue, you know, and not just human tissue. This is a life. This is an image bearer of God. And often uh, in the IVF, uh, fertility clinics will develop more embryos than the couple that is trying to have the baby uh, intends to use. So let's say that a family only wants to have two children, um, but they end up having 10, 15 embryos created in the course of their fertility treatment. Usually the couples, by the way, just have tunnel vision when they're going through this process. They just, they're so focused on, I want to have a baby. You know, they've gone through infertility. Those are understandable desires. No question about that. But they're just not thinking on the front end, what's going to happen if I have embryos remaining? Yeah. I mean, so let's say that the couple goes through a cycle of IVF and, um, you know, they put two embryos in and both of those take, so to speak, and, and they have their two children that they want. But they have, if, if they had 10 embryos to start with, they may have eight embryos remaining. 
what are their choices? I mean, we believe that those are human lives, and here they are in frozen preservation. You know, you, you, so your options, what, what can you do with them? I mean, one, you can discard them, which is just a pleasant way of saying kill them. The clinic will do that for you. We think that's that's a really bad option, obviously. You can donate them to scientific research, which also snuffs out the life of an embryo. We think that's a really bad option. You can just choose to keep them in storage, uh, which is going to usually cost you hundreds of dollars a year. And that's really just delaying a decision. And we think that ultimately what's going to happen to most embryos that are just kept in storage forever indefinitely, uh, you know, probably those will end up being destroyed. So we're here to, you know, we were formed about 20 years ago to step in and say we want to be the life affirming solution. What we do at the NEDC is we provide that fourth option and what we think is really the only legitimate option. So what we will do is uh, we will accept uh, remaining embryos from anyone who has them here in the in the continental United States. Uh, we will take them. We will store them for free to the donating couple. Donating couple pays nothing. Um, so we'll store them, take them for free, store them for free uh, here at our lab in Knoxville. And then we, we will adopt those embryos out to couples who want to use them to build their own families. Usually these adopting or receiving couples um, have, have had fertility challenges themselves. I'd say probably 90 to 95 percent of the couples that we see here at the door through come through the doors of the NEDC to do embryo adoption um, have had fertility challenges. But but not all. We do have some families who are just very, very missional. They get a heart for this. They're very pro-life. They know that these embryos are vulnerable image bearers of the king, and they want to do right by them, to honor their lives. And so sometimes you'll have a family that already has five or six kids, and, they're, <laughs> and the husband and wife are coming in here to add another one or however many uh, via embryo adoption. Um, you know, the frozen embryo transfers actually take place right here in Knoxville. So, uh, so it's, it's a, obviously it's another couple's genetics, um, but it's being transferred to the womb of the woman who is the recipient. She'll carry and just hate the child over, you know, the nine months of pregnancy, uh, just like you would if you had conceived naturally. So that's why I say it's sort of like, really it is, becoming pregnant with your adopted child. It's the only, the only way that that, uh, that 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 can happen. And uh, God's really blessed the ministry. It's, it's just, uh, it, it's great to be a part of. You know, something that comes to mind, I'm going to ask this before I forget about it, but in some states, there are, and I think actually in federal law, there are tax credits for adopted children. For those who choose embryo adoption, uh, do they receive the adopted child tax credit on their tax returns? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question, and we've had people ask it many times. Our, our standard advice is uh, to check with your CPA or tax accountant um, mm-hmm. because the rules are different in different states. Like in the state of Georgia, you can officially go through the, the adoption paperwork uh, through your child or, or for your child that you've had through embryo adoption. So, but there aren't many states um, where it's like that. The reason for that, Mike, is because embryo adoption is not technically legally adoption. It's, it's sort of a slang term. We use it 
others use it because we think it describes the process rather well. There are things about embryo adoption that really do mimic regular adoption. I mean, you are taking uh, into your home another child and and to accepting the responsibility of caring for a child who is not genetically yours. For an organization like the NEDC, we require adoptive couples to pass a home study, just like they would have to uh, in, in a normal adoption. So there are uh, so, so there are ways that the process is mimicked. Unfortunately, though, our legal system sees embryos as property, not people. And mm-hmm. so technically what embryo adoption is uh, in the eyes of the law is a property transaction. And for that reason, most, um, m- I believe in most states, you would not be able to claim an adoption tax credit for embryo adoption. Now, if you have a company that gives benefit, that gives like adoption benefits, you need to check with your company. Like a lot of companies will give a family that's going to do traditional adoption five or $10,000 for those purposes. Embryo adoption, by the way, doesn't cost nearly as much as most forms of uh, typical adoption. Um, so you do, you would want to check with your company to see if their policies include embryo adoption. Many of them do. So that's a, that's a good thing. Hey, that's all we have time for on this uh, part one of a discussion on embryo adoption with Mark Mellinger. Glad you could join the podcast. We're going to have part two uh, coming up here next week. So I hope that you've enjoyed this and be sure to go to the Love Times 2 website. That's Love X2. You can like us on Facebook as well and make sure that you share with others this podcast so that they can get in on this discussion as well. Never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of the Love Times 2 Project. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow.